Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Tossing and turning all night like a salad? It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker, and I thought, if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate, so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. I'm Jill, and I'm a sober scientist who talks about the science and psychology of addiction. There are a lot of things that influence developing an addiction, and none of them are that we're weak-willed losers. In the Sober Powered Podcast, you'll learn how and why addiction develops, how alcohol changes the brain to keep us drinking, and most importantly, that you're not alone. The things you experience are experienced by many of us.
Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about boundaries. I'll explain what boundaries are, why some of us have trouble setting them, and five consequences of not having boundaries. You'll learn the real motivation behind people-pleasing and having no boundaries, and how boundaries connect to emotional sobriety. At the end of the episode, I'll give you some tips for creating boundaries and some easy ones that you can start with. So let's dig in. Do you feel like you give much more than you receive in your relationships? Do you feel like people take advantage of your kindness? Do you immediately respond yes to a request from someone when you really want to say no? Do you do everything for everyone else at the expense of your own needs and wants? Even though you feel this way, you may also feel afraid that if you don't do what people ask, they won't like you anymore, or that if you don't agree all the time, it means you're a bad parent, spouse, or friend. So these are all signs of not having boundaries. Having no boundaries only leads us to being burned out. And you may find that people get upset with you anyways, even though you're trying your hardest to prevent that. A boundary defines a limit. Trouble setting boundaries usually comes from childhood and can include a range of things from emotional abuse or manipulation to severe sexual or physical abuse. Psychologists believe that one reason people have trouble setting boundaries is because not having boundaries was a defense mechanism for them when they were kids. If you grew up in a house where there were no boundaries and you felt responsible for everyone's bad mood, then you may struggle to set boundaries as an adult. A big motivator behind not being able to set boundaries is fear and believing that we're worthless. Kids from dysfunctional families may grow up as peacekeepers, where they feel that keeping the peace and giving in to what other people want will protect them from getting hurt. You may even have carried this through into your adult life where you're still maintaining the role of the peacekeeper. Psychologists believe that we convince ourselves that we're worthless because we're tolerating abuse or mistreatment. If we believe that we're worthless, then it's easier to justify the behaviors that we're tolerating. I think this is really interesting and it's like a chicken or the egg type of thing in my mind. I had no boundaries and I let everyone treat me poorly. Did I believe I was worthless first and that's why I allowed these things? Or did I allow them and because of that, I believed I was worthless? I think they're both linked. And now that I'm sober, I have boundaries and self-respect. And you can get there too. Boundaries are limits that tell people how they can treat you. So they tell people what's okay and what's not okay. If you have no boundaries, other people will dictate how you think, feel, and act. Plus, you're going to spend a lot of time doing things for other people instead of doing them for yourself. Not having boundaries and being emotionally reactive usually go together. We quietly do everything for everyone else until one day we just blow up and lose it. People may request something from you, and since you don't object to it, and you never have, they just assume it's fine. But inside, we might be feeling highly offended and angry, which is a way that emotional reactivity is showing up. If we act like it's fine, though, how would they know it's not fine? 
I think we expect people to be able to pick up on our vibes and know when they're hurting us or know when they're asking for too much. But if we show them that it's okay consistently, then they believe that it's okay. And even though we may feel like we're showing with our body language or the way that we're answering that it's not okay, people usually can't pick up on subtle things like that. So there are a lot of consequences of not setting boundaries, but I'll tell you five. Your relationships are very dramatic and challenging. This is because not having any boundaries and just doing things for other people all the time makes you a very attractive friend or romantic partner for a controlling, manipulative, or emotionally needy person. That was so me. I always referred to myself as the therapist friend because I attracted such damaged, emotionally needy people to me. It was a one-sided friendship where I provided support and they got to vent. And all they did was suck out all of my energy and then they left. And it was exhausting and I could never understand why I would always attract the same type of friend. And I was always put in the therapist friend position. And now I understand When you have no boundaries and you're willing to accept that kind of stuff, you put out a vibe that those people pick up on. So the next one is you struggle to make decisions on your own. Without boundaries, we spend most of our time doing things for other people or trying to anticipate their needs. This can make it really difficult for us to make decisions because we're not used to doing it. We're used to allowing other people to decide what we do, and how we feel. So when it comes down to actually making a decision, it's very hard or we'll immediately respond yes because that's what we're used to doing. If you have no boundaries, you probably struggle with guilt and anxiety over other people. People who do not have boundaries are commonly people pleasers and feel guilty when they think someone might be disappointed in them. Think is the important word there. I am so guilty of this. I think that people don't like me or they're disappointed in me and then I feel horrible. But no one has ever said any of that stuff or given me any signals that it's true. Sometimes I want to take a day off. Like my cat had a vet appointment recently and it's like a whole day traumatic event for us. And I needed the day off and it was very last minute. And I felt guilty asking someone to take care of part of my lab work so that I could take the day off. And it was only like 15 minutes of work, but it was so hard for me to ask. I hate inconveniencing other people. So you may feel guilty for asking for very small things too. Another consequence is you're always the victim. You may feel like you give more than you get from your relationships. Your effort at work isn't recognized or that your family doesn't appreciate all the things you do for them. Without boundaries, there isn't clarity on how other people can treat you. So you often feel disrespected, underappreciated, and used. And all of this can lead to us becoming passive-aggressive. So this can make us feel constantly annoyed, angry, and on edge. If you haven't established any boundaries and you're a people pleaser, then you also aren't used to sticking up for yourself. Instead, you might make passive aggressive comments to get your frustrations out and try to show others your limits. If this sounds like you, 
and you're lacking boundaries, I think it's really important to recognize that you're not trying to do everything for everyone else out of the kindness of your heart. You're getting something out of it. And maybe you think that's weird, but think on it. It's true. Maybe it's validation that people love you or won't leave you or feeling needed. But your lack of boundaries is attempting to relieve some kind of fear that you have. So my point is, if you can recognize that doing everything for everyone else is motivated by fear and not by love, and that it's actually more selfish than it is selfless, then I hope this can convince you to begin working on establishing some boundaries. Seeking validation, being needy, and all the other behaviors that we just talked about are things that push emotionally healthy people away, even though we're trying to satisfy those people and make them like us. And it attracts emotionally unhealthy people to us. What we all need to learn to do is validate ourselves. And that's really hard, and it takes time, and it takes a lot of work. So don't feel bad if you're not able to do that yet. If you stopped being available every single time that friend wanted to call to complain about her husband, or you stopped allowing your mom to stay in your home, disrespect you and push you around, or you stopped trying to anticipate and fulfill the needs of your family before they even have those needs, then you'll probably have some pushback. You may even lose some friends or have some distance grow between you and the other person, but you don't exist to do favors, solve problems, and take everybody's crap. You're allowed to have your own needs and wants too. You don't have to give up your life to please others. And you may find that once you develop independence and boundaries, that people are even happier with you. Remember, emotionally healthy people attract emotionally healthy people. And now as an emotionally healthy person, I love when people are independent and they got their own thing. I'm happy for my husband when he goes off and does something with his friends where before I used to be jealous, thought it meant he didn't love me, all of that. And that was motivated by my own fear. That wasn't anything else. That was all about me. So an example of a boundary in my life is I haven't talked to my dad in over six years. And that's because I set a hard boundary. He had a rough childhood and grew up with an abusive family. And his family's preferred method of passive aggression is using the silent treatment. But they do it for like years, like 20 years. So when I was 24, my dad started doing this to me. He later told my mom that he wanted to see how much I really loved him. And if I'd fight for a relationship with him. But I don't play games. He came back and apologized, and then he did the exact same thing a couple months later. And that was it. Like, I'm really not going to take any crap from someone that I've had a strained relationship with my entire life. I don't feel that it's my job to validate other people. So I got married less than a year later, and I didn't invite him. I don't believe in keeping up appearances or doing things because, like, you should. I don't think that exists. And almost six years after my wedding, I'm really proud that I didn't invite him, and I do not regret it, and I haven't for one second. If I chose not to have this boundary or, like, kind of have it, 
but not enforce it, then he would have come to my wedding and pretended to be the best dad ever, and I would have been angry the whole night and focused on it. Maybe you've been in a situation where you sacrificed your boundary because you felt that you should, but then you spent the whole time miserable. So was that really worth it? My whole family had the same phone plan. And part of my parents' divorce agreement was that my dad would pay for the family phone plan. And the morning after my wedding, I woke up and my phone was shut off. And I had to spend like two hours at Verizon getting a new plan and a new number and a new phone the day after my wedding. So that's an example of being passive aggressive and something that an adult shouldn't be doing to their child. So that even just further demonstrated that I made the right choice. So that's the only boundary that I've ever established before sobriety. And when I tried to set a boundary, I would always feel guilty and like go back on it. So you should never feel guilty for having a boundary. If you have a boundary like with a spouse or someone else really close to you, then you can explain it or talk about it so they understand. But for other boundaries, the key to enforcing them is not explaining yourself. Just being confident that it's a boundary and that's it. So it's a limit and it's not up for discussion. So that's the vibe that you want to give off when you're enforcing a boundary. It is what it is. We're not discussing it. You should never feel bad for having limits with people. So people questioning your drinking or pressuring you to drink is an excellent boundary to start with. You could say things like, I don't want to discuss this. I already told you that I don't want to drink. I'm done talking to you about it. If you keep asking, then I'm going to leave. So all of these shut down the conversation and some of them even mention a consequence. So another easy boundary to start with is your friends and family drunk texting you or sending you memes about drinking. So that behavior is not okay. And the way that you can establish this boundary is by saying things like, if you call or text me drunk again, then I'm not going to answer. I've already told you that I don't like when you send me memes about drinking. If you continue to do it, then I will block you. And people will probably test your boundary maybe even a couple times. And you can enforce this by ignoring them or blocking them if you said that's what's going to happen. So before you identify the consequence, make sure that you are going to carry out that consequence if they push. So a really easy consequence is ignoring them or leaving if you're at a social event. So boundaries are really closely connected with emotional intelligence and emotional sobriety, which is something that most of us struggle with. Emotional intelligence is being able to recognize how you feel and why, how other people feel, and having the ability to regulate your emotions, especially feelings of anger. So I challenge you to think about a boundary that you need in your life and work on establishing it this week. It could be not being available for work emails after 5 p.m., not discussing certain topics with people, not allowing people to question or pressure you about your drinking, or a boundary that makes your relationships less give and more even. And remember, the most important thing about setting a boundary is not explaining yourselves or making excuses for your boundary. People just need to respect it. You don't have to excuse it and like 
oh, please understand. No, that weakens the boundary. So when someone asks me if I want a drink, I say, no, thank you. And if they probe, I don't give them an opportunity to have any follow-up questions. I just say I don't drink. No explanation required. You don't have to apologize to other people because you don't drink or say like, I'm still fun, don't worry, or attempt to excuse it by saying you're on antibiotics. Even if you were on antibiotics though, like that's not their business, right? No one should know about medication that you're taking. So if this feels hard for you, which I'm sure it does, it's hard for all of us, then start by just thinking of things that people have said or done that aren't okay with you. Think of people you see or events you go to that you absolutely dread days or weeks in advance. That's a signal that you need a boundary there. Abusing alcohol and disappointing ourselves by drinking when we said we wouldn't is one of the biggest forms of disrespecting yourself, in my opinion. We treat ourselves terribly when we drink. I didn't take care of myself at all. I didn't even take off my makeup most nights. I drank so much that I was physically ill, like, all the time, and I forced myself to stay awake for half the night, hating myself, so I never got enough sleep. When you're doing this kind of stuff, it's really hard to set boundaries or even care about boundaries, so if you're still in that, then just know there's another way to live. And this is something to think on in the future when you have the capacity to. When I stopped drinking, I learned to respect myself. And in that respect came not tolerating all the crap that I was tolerating before. So the biggest takeaway from this episode is that having no boundaries and being a people pleaser is motivated by fear and not love. So work on identifying your fears and know Only bad people who you wouldn't want in your life anyway expect you to do everything for them. The first couple times I set a boundary, I was so pumped. I was so excited and I enforced it and I didn't apologize. I didn't make excuses. It's amazing and I couldn't wait to set the next boundary. So I hope that you have the same enjoyment very soon and feel free to reach out and tell me all about your new boundaries. And as always, please share this episode if it was helpful for you. I would really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you guys next week. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.